Hi, everyone. I'm Anita Lustria, and for many years I did live radio. Then I transitioned to the podcast world where I feel I found my home. I love talking about spiritual formation, justice issues, and spiritual practices. Throw in the Enneagram, movies, and current events from time to time, and that's what you get on the podcast. I'm glad you've come along for the ride. Welcome to Faith Conversations. Welcome to Faith Conversations, everyone. I'm Anita Lustria, and Melinda Schmidt is back with me. Hi, Melinda. Hello there. Well, great to have you back. I think um, people who tune in, download the podcast regularly, tune in. That's the old radio language that you and I are so used to. <laughs> but downloading the podcast, if they're um, veterans of uh, this podcast, then they know you well. But you and I did a radio show for many years together, if you just happen to tune in today for the very first time or download it today for the first time. And so, and I have a secret. You do? Oh, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Right. You should yeah. be afraid. Yeah, I am. <laughs> okay. Anita has confessed to me that oh. she's a little tired today. So <laughs> we're going to have her awakened in the next 30 minutes. And hopefully anybody else that's <laughs> listening today with a vigorous conversation that I'm really excited about a little phrase you put out there. And I right said, Ooh, let's talk about that. <laughs> well, you know, I, I was meeting with my spiritual director uh, not long ago and she, we were talking about purpose. I mean, I have been very driven my whole life. I think you have too. Some of that, as we've talked about in the past has come not as much as you. Do you not think so? No, um, I don't know. I, I think you're. Oh, okay. That's, that's a fair question. Okay. Parentheses in the conversation here. Yep. Why did I say that? Well, it's funny how we both see each other. I, yes, as, isn't it? You know, and maybe yes. not ourselves or whatever, right. but I know you're an Enneagram three and yes. boy, if you want something done, get Anita on oh, board gosh. and it will happen. And I'm mm. more scattered. I have dreams and ideas and I don't always care if they happen. Oh, I just like so having them. Okay. But you are a doer. So I think why I, why I see you similarly to me, but you've just, I, I think mentioned some interesting nuanced differences. So I, I would give assent to that. Um, I think I see you similarly because you're an Enneagram seven. And what I know of the Enneagram is Enneagrams threes, sevens, and eights are all three, the aggressive stance. Mm. So we, we do tend to move quickly, get the, you know, mm. when, yeah. When, yeah. when there is something to mm -hmm. do, get done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, you might do a better job at musing and thinking and dreaming than I do. Um, but I do like to take action. You it's do. Like once I've decided. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's so. I guess that's why I, I see you. Uh, yeah, that's, I, had I get a, that. An interesting thing happened just last week. Um, friends gave us a uh, one of the electronic recliner chairs, a leather recliner chair they didn't use anymore. And so there were four of us, Mike, me, and these two women who are helping to lift this out of their house and into our um, into a vehicle theirs that they were helping bring it to our house. And there was no one really in charge. And I just said, okay, this is what we do. No, we're coming out the door the wrong way. Turn it this way. Let's no. All right. On my count, let's lift in. Yeah. Okay. We'll yeah. meet you at our house. We'll unlock this door. See you there. I mean, yeah. like, boom, boom, boom. 
Yeah. Well, I didn't think anything of it. And they were like, wow, I've never <laughs> seen this side of Anita. I, I, we needed someone to take charge. Well, what, what I realized is I just haven't had the need. I've not been in a setting to mm. need that part of me in a long time. Mm-hmm. So we, it's interesting in seasons of life, how mm. we shift and change, but mm. those parts of us don't necessarily go away. Mm-hmm. They're useful at different times. They're useful at different times. Yeah. So let's take that and go back to this purpose comment. Mm. Then, So my spiritual director says, well, purpose is the caboose. I'm like, in whose book? (laughs) That it has always been the engine of my train. And so I was about to say that you and I, we both grew up in evangelicalism. And and I think that purpose is very often the engine, or we were taught that it was Mm -hmm. in the circles that we um, Mm -hmm. came up in. Would you agree with that? Well, what came to mind when, when you first told me that was, well, purpose-driven life. I know me too. I multi-million dollar <laughs> I, that's right. seller, you know, um, <laughs> thank you, and, Rick Warren. <laughs> and that we need purpose. Psychologists will tell us that we need purpose. And then, um, is it Beekner's quote where our great passion and the world's great need meets mm-hmm. meet, um, that's how we find so that's our, yeah. purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Yes, but so this was a new thought, I think, and and I agree with you. And actually I was just talking with someone very recently that when, when we, when we enter in Western eyes, our quote retirement years, many people throw purpose out the window and, you know, you'll often hear stories of uh, people often, it's, it seems like it's more male. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe I've heard more of those stories that stops the big uh, job and heads to the golf course. And, you know, two weeks later is died of a heart attack or what something, I don't know. Mm. Um, but there, there it's, what's the connection there? You know, all, all, well, I'm, <laughs> it's like all leisure or no, you know, where is the, um, where's the balance or how really do we need to live? I think sometimes people lose heart for life if they don't have some kind of purpose. Maybe that's where I was going with that. Mm. Um, Mm. So Mm. I'm talking to my spiritual director saying, you know, um, art has been something I've greatly enjoyed and um, has been life-giving to me. And she said, well, that is helping you reverse the pattern that purpose is all that matters. Mm-hmm. Well, that stopped mm-hmm. me in my tracks. Mm. Right? Yeah. Because I thought no. purpose was all that mattered. Right, right. And there's good science to advocate for purpose mattering, which we've discussed. But that thought that it becomes the caboose is jolting, especially, I think, growing up in a very uh, religious home or for us, evangelicalism where, you know, the purpose is clearly laid out and every day must be purposeful, not necessarily joyful, not necessarily restful. Um, you know, I always remember back when we were in radio, the, (laughs) the COO and another manager coming in the office that we shared and saying, well, we're not burnt out yet for Jesus. So let's keep going. Uh, that's the goal, right. To be mentality. Yeah. That, 
that this has spiritual value. And in fact, that this is what God wants. And, you know, you mentioned seasons earlier and, um, and I mentioned on that recent podcast we did with Marla Taviano, I often look to nature now for proof texting of God's way since it was his first language. And, you know, we, we begin to understand purpose differently in, in every decade and every season. And I think as we uh, move through the decades, we start seeing that, wow, you know, really all the bird does is fly and the tree grows and God couldn't be happier. Yes. Now we have much, we have a lot more to bring granted, you know, sure. to, yeah. to, to earth, but actually they do too, <laughs> because if they weren't there, we wouldn't be here. So we well, need them. And I think maybe let me give you this, this final little quote that I wrote down from my spiritual director that goes along with just that thought from you. She went on to say, after talking about, you know, reversing the pattern that purpose is all that matters. She said, desire and delight lead the way mm. and then purpose follows. Oh, oh I'm so, so glad you, you read that. Yeah. Yeah. When I heard you start talking about nature and um, also the things that we, or I'll say I, but I think you too, that I have come to, um, begin enjoying in another season of life are things that, um, I've either wanted to do and maybe haven't had time or, or that absolutely delight me, like going to a local gardens here in mm -hmm. Sarasota or whatever that, or art, whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. And so I love that too. Desire and delight lead the way and then purpose follows. Well, it was, for me, it was well, desire and delight. Uh, that's if you have any leftover tiny margin for that. Otherwise, just- Well, did we really grow up with that thinking? I mean, it's not only evangelicalism, it's a Western and American it, way of thinking. Very much. Good point. You're you know, right. yeah. But I, I think there might be you know, some listening who feel that sense of confu confusion in their life, you know, whether you're 30, 40, 50, 80, 70, 60, whatever, 20, uh, whatever you are, you know, I think we're looking for what's my direction, what's my purpose. And um, more and more, we hear about um, exercises and practices that help us identify desire and delight. Mm -hmm. And of course, the scriptures say that God gives us those desires implants them, helps them to, to happen, but we didn't hear a lot about that. And, and so it's, it seems like we're hearing about that more and more exactly to your point, what you're finding Anita going to the gardens nearby, doing art, posting it on Instagram and Facebook, bringing delight to others. And so how have you felt indulging, if you will, or choosing <laughs> or practicing those things without going out and speaking at luncheons anymore or writing another book? <laughs> That's real. Isn't that an interesting question? And I charge $150 an hour. Thank <laughs> putting it that way, that really, you know, gives another no, I'm kind of intrigued by that. Well, I think, I mean, as I think of artwork and I like mixed media stuff, you know, which is kind of that art journaling or collaging or whatever words you might put to it, all kinds, I guess. Um, that, I, so I think whether it is going to the Selby Gardens here or to the Ringling Art Museum or, you know, fill in the blank for wherever you live, those kinds of places and Arboretum. Um, I think that those kinds of things, art, nature, et cetera, 
help us celebrate the complexity of life. Mm -hmm. um, period. They help us celebrate. They are, there's more complexity to it than the very narrow driven kind of life. So I feel like my life has opened up and broadened and become more complex, but in very good ways, helping me, you know, the complexity of it has aided me probably in emotional growth and spiritual mm. growth. Mm. All Interesting. of that. Yeah. And I think art can also help us work through the complexity yes. of life in addition to celebrating it because complexity isn't always welcome. No, true. And we don't always have the time at a certain season to take time to, to uh, enjoy those things or to find them useful. Uh, although mental health specialists will tell us that we should, you know, balance is the key mm -hmm. for sure. Um, and I'm realizing too, that there are others whose purpose is to make money so that they can live, or maybe their purpose is to recover physically or grow stronger or adapt to something. I find it interesting that really what I saw in your life was a couple of years ago when you had a TBI that all of a sudden you started doing art <laughs> and you know, you got the jelly plates and you, you set it up at your kitchen and you dragged out all these things you hadn't dragged out in five years at the time from when you moved. And really what you needed was some time to rest and recover and regroup. And it seemed like your art gave you this kind of new purpose. I'm not saying you didn't feel well or you couldn't go out and be active or do anything, but it would seem like that would be helpful at that point in your life. And I just thought, wow, what a gift that is. And turns out year after year now, it's really mushroomed into this beautiful artwork that you're selling online and you're posting. And I can see it here on Zoom on your wall hanging. And, you know, it's just become something else. And like you said, it's also contributed to your spiritual growth, emotional growth. It's helping you process. So they've started one place and now it's gone off into these other areas. What? Yeah. I, uh, and right. Surprisingly so. And I would tell people that it was, and probably still is a part of my healing. Um, you know, I think we're always healing from something, right? Something. Right. Yeah. Uh, what, what mm. about you? What, what, does life look like as in a different season for you? Um, as you, as we talked about, you know, purpose, maybe leaving the, the engine and moving to the caboose. Um, what mm. does that make you think about in your own life? Mm. Well, we moved to California in February of 2021. And I thought purpose would be settling into a new place and COVID, we really didn't know what was happening with it, but it turned out that moving during COVID, I don't, I don't know if that was the greatest idea because it threw us into, um, you know, hiding out right from germs. Yeah, yeah true. So, um, you know, eventually I got a job that I loved in the desert that was very purposeful, but you know, I, I have had a strong sense of purpose, as you know, in radio for decades. So, to have that in the rearview mirror, you know, I worked some at Wheaton College grad school before we moved and I enjoyed that. I don't know if I felt purposeful and I don't know that I really have since we left our radio program that we hosted together for many years. Um, so I don't, 
that to me has been very confusing. I feel like purpose as an engine, it, it hasn't been working or yeah. I don't have an engine. And so I feel stalled out. What about the delight of just going to a workplace and enjoying the personalities yeah. that are there, right? Oh, I did. I know. I did That's desert. what I was thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just loved it. And I had to work with diverse people. Um, and that was very good for me to live with or work with uh, people of color and sexual preference and um, socioeconomically different from me. And I could not have been happier to be in that fish tank with a wide variety of people people. And then of course I was a concierge at the front desk. So there are people coming in all the time. So a lot of people exposure. Um, so I guess my purpose, you know, I felt it at, at the, at my job. Uh, but you know, it's interesting. You can tell while I'm talking to you that I'm giving value and judging different kinds of purpose, like us doing a radio show for thousands of people seemed more purposeful than just, you know, showing up work or you doing your artwork or, you know, whatever, it seems like we feel often if we don't have an audience, does it matter? Mm. And so I know that both of us have thought through that and including our whole midday connection team when it got let go there on the radio. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I think um, also not everyone is as fortunate to get to um, do a job that is so filled with purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Or enjoyment. Um, or, or yes, right. It really married both in, mm-hmm. in the case of mm-hmm. our, our particular work. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, what, what brings joy to the UPS person, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, they bring joy to me when I see their vehicle pull up because it's something mm-hmm. that I've, I'm looking forward to getting from them. And, and we have a guy that I just love when he's happens to be driving because he's just so cheerful and mm-hmm. lightful. And um, there is, and the Bible talks about this too, just that there can be and is just joy in the work. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's there's also toil there too. Sometimes we all know that there are parts of the job we don't love. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because um, I'm really big on what do we bring to the table Mm. every day? What do we bring to the table in our relationships, in our workplace? And um, it's easy. Oh my goodness. It's so easy to figure out for me what's wrong, what's not working. (laughs) But do we really take time? I include myself to say, what am I, what am I bringing to this experience? What am I bringing to the checkout, to driving, to my family, And I think that's important. And I think it's wonderful that this delivery person makes you smile. (laughs) And we don't know what people are going through and how valuable and meaningful that can be. So all this talk about purpose is maybe a a look again at purpose and what it is. What do we think it is? And then what does our gut tell us about it? What, you know, what do we know inside? What do we appreciate about what others bring to us? Like you just mentioned, Anita. So maybe that's, you know, something else to think about when we talk about purpose being the caboose. Um, and I have to look up the caboose. What's the purpose of the caboose? Hmm. You know, what if you didn't have a caboose? Hmm. I always thought it was where everybody went and hung out when they weren't up front <laughs> managing things, but, um, that's so interesting. It makes me want to Google yeah, I, that like right now. <laughs> 
Are you Google that? <laughs> yes. I, I'm thinking too of young moms who are managing families and just thankful to been kind to their kids all day at the end of the day. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, you know, I remember, um, you know, I was raising my kids in the focus on a family years and wow, they had a boatload of ideas for me of how I should have a purposeful Christian home. And I've talked to so many women who grew up and raised their kids. I say grew up, grow up, grew up, um, in, as adults in that era with children. And for instance, my conversation group, we've even talked about it, the pressure we felt for somebody else telling us what our purpose should be, you know, to make yeah. a memory and to have these conversations at dinner and to do the, nah, 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 and have manners. Our kids had to have manners <laughs> and it really yeah. grew to be too much. And I think that's one thing, um, you know, the Bible was written in really an agrarian society where yeah. what people did was get up in the morning and go try to make sure they could eat all day right, right. or the days ahead, you know, Proverbs 31, they were always like, Oh, they, they were lived under the, under threat constantly. Yeah. So yeah, waking was... up going, Oh, let me go to my fun job now. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So even expanding our view of purpose and I, I, you know, as I look back as my mom, young mom years, you know, I wish I, I'm sure we all can think of some wish I would have, but you know, how could we have chilled a bit more, not been under strain or been kinder to ourselves, or mm. cried more or felt mm. frustrated or not tried to measure up to all our girlfriends at Bible study fellowship and all that business, you know, yeah. um, not that business, but, you know, going to these other yeah, groups right. where, you know, right. you can feel pressure. So yeah. What, what does purpose mean, mean mm -hmm. to us, no matter what decade we're in? Right. Um, and for those who are yelling at your uh, electronic device, trying to tell me what the caboose is good for, I'll tell oh, you. <laughs> good. What'd you find? <laughs> well, um, so the, the conductor went back and had an office there. Uh, and oh. sometimes the crew, it gave the crew shelter. They could kind of go back there and mm. hang out together, as you said. Um, so a variety of things. Um, but the, the, engineer could go back and have an office where he could uh, work on some other things while, while the train was either going on or while it was stationary and waiting for passengers to load up again either. So maybe there's a time in life where you want to leave the engine and I walk like back it. through all the cars and greet people and go back to the caboose and hang out. So that means that question that to me raises the question what does maturity look like? How, you know, we, in order to, to, to do that, in order to leave the engine and to maybe put purpose in that spot of caboose or, or walk into desire and delight and, um, enjoy things, well, there is a maturing that happens and, and it's not a given. Sometimes you'll hear someone say, well, we, as we age, we gain maturity. That is n absolutely not true. Correct. Right. right. <laughs> um, I just want to say that, that we have to, you gotta wanna, <laughs> you gotta wanna, that's exactly right. And take uh, action. Yeah. And yeah. so, so think about that as wherever you are on this age spectrum, are you in a space where you're thinking, growing, maturing emotionally, spiritually, all of that? Yeah. And also, um, you know, my therapist has said to me, you know, some things yeah. 
And what are some things that you know? I know for me as a mom, I could have used more self-care really back in those days. It was just mm-hmm. beginning and nobody really knew what that meant anyway, right. besides the whole bubble bath thing. Yes. Um, you know, what, what does it mean for me right now? My purpose is to my, what, what is my purpose? Not just my kid's purpose, my husband's purpose, my friend's purpose, but what is mine to do? You know, that phrase, I can't control it. I can't change it. And it's not my responsibility. Mm. What are those things that we think is our purpose, but really, is it our purpose? What is our purpose, you know, for us? And so, yeah, maturing, I think, is just going with the ages and it's growing through them. And uh, I think we should be proud of wherever we find ourselves at at what time. I know it, in our in our timeline, like, I'm thinking of people who are, you know, in their eighties or whatever, and maybe they're, they don't remember things or this or that. I always keep in mind, they've had decades of experience. Tons more is filed in their brain than a 25 year old. Of course they might forget something or energies or whatever, but you know, what is ours to do? I remember my friend Lorraine who was older and worked at the gas station at, um, Butterfield Road and Old 53 in Glen Ellen, Illinois, and the purpose-driven life had come out. And I said, Lorraine, what is your purpose? And she thought for a while as we sat there at IHOP and said, I just try to be nice to people. And you know, something settled into me when she said that, but it wasn't the right answer according to (laughs) the materials I was looking at. But um, materials I know are, are written with, were written with good intention, but that really stuck with me. What if we were just nice to each other in the world? Mm. What if Putin was nicer? Mm. What if we were nicer? Mm. What if there wasn't racism and we were just nice to each other? Mm. You know, uh, wow, that seems like heaven on earth. So even if whatever you come up with is pretty simple, don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. Don't be drawn into, oh, it's got to weigh 50 pounds, not two and a half ounces. Mm-hmm. Your two and a half ounces are might be just right for you and for everybody else around you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, you know, I remember when we were talking about this last week too, um, you talked about your Enneagram three mm. drive. And, you know, at the beginning, we talked about how we get things done, but you actually said you, you're not sensing as much of that. I know you, you helped with your neighbors and so forth, but talk, yeah. tell me more well, about that. I just think, in fact, I was about to mention to people, I'm going to post an Enneagram resource or two, because I think as we uh, grow and mature, one good thing to do is to learn more about ourselves and how we are wired. That's a part of the mm-hmm. maturing right, right. process. And so, and I'm a big proponent of the Enneagram. It's a wonderful tool, uh, potential for transformation and spiritual transformation is there in that tool. Well, yes, I, I, and maybe it's, I hope it's <laughs> maturity, but, um, I just don't feel that need to ramp up to some big thing. And every once in a while, if I feel something stirring. I actually don't feel it like I did even six, seven years ago Mm -hmm. when we first moved from Chicago to Florida. I still periodically felt like, oh, maybe I should, maybe I need to go get a bigger job or be a women's ministry director. I'm like, Mm -hmm. no. And I mean, I really had a major sense that God kept squelching that. Like, no, you know what? 
spiritual direction, meet one-on-one with people, lead a group in a spiritual practice and, mm-hmm. you know, do a periodic podcast. That's just fine. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that big, uh, drive really has largely subsided, but I don't, but I want to say not in any kind of defeatist way, or I'm not shoving it in the closet at all. It's just a different, as you said earlier, different season of life and it's okay. And I also know in your schedule, you lead a Lexio Divina group and you also are a part of several small groups and you also teach another group and you also are a spiritual director and you also do a podcast. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you're, you're busy and I know maybe your energies are changing for all Mm -hmm. of those things and shifting here and there. Mm -hmm. It's a different kind of busyness. I think busy and purpose get confused a lot. I love that you said that. I agree. And, um, I think the quality of our time spent with people is, I think I'm much more aware of that, um, than, Mm. than the hurry and get this done and get on to the next thing. I don't, I don't feel that kind of drive um, anymore. And I just feel like the quality I'm, I'm much more present with people than I used to be. I believe. So you're putting purpose and energies there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I believe so. More investment. Yes. In one-on-ones or small groups yes. of people or your teaching or yeah. You know, for me, I, it's been hard to find, like, I would love to be working. I'm great. My preference is to be in a job. Um, but it's been, challenging to find something here. Um, so I've had to find purpose in my to-do list and my planner. I've had to make my planner, my friend, and that has really helped me to check things off, to organize myself and to see value in my day to day, which for a seven scattered personality with lots of, you know, drive. And, and also I, I really get into the Enneagram one as well. Um, for myself, which is purpose around, you know, ideas and change and changing the world. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm having to grow and stretch in finding purpose in managing an 1100 year, uh, uh, 1100 year, (laughs) 1100 square foot (laughs) apartment, you know, which is more frustrating than anything. Well, which is, I was just going to say, which is right. Harder maybe than a larger space. Yeah, I think. And I have to trust that this time of a lot of unknowing and uncertainty for me is growing me and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm, I'm learning in new ways, you know? Absolutely. I think that's I'm just part of it, isn't it? In every season, yes. I think we want to feel like, okay, I found my groove and I can stay in the lane mm-hmm. on the train tracks, you know? And well, we always want to quote arrive. Like, right. aren't I going to just arrive and be, yeah, whatever that the means. Garden you know, of Eden. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. But that's <laughs> not what this life on this earth is, is about. Um, I, yeah. So I hope this has made you think or been a spark for thinking. It'd be interesting to hear from people what mm, their I'd love to hear some thoughts back. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Please um, email. I would yeah. love to read some, some of your thoughts. For sure. Producer at anitalustria.com is the email address. And yeah, it's always good to hear. 
Well, always great to talk with you too. We just wanted to do some of these conversations like this this summer and hope that they are enjoyable Fun. for people and spark conversations around the pool. Yes, <laughs> right on. Love it. Uh, well, thanks, Melinda. And as always, uh, I say to everyone, keep the conversation going.